days, for those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. home this is the podcast that proves the horror never ends each episode we usually seek out and review a brand new horror movie and then we go back and find a classic work with similar themes um but this week as we do so often lately we're doing things differently and in celebration of the 50th anniversary of the cult classic television show the prisoner uh we're going to be talking all about the prisoner we're going to spoil the uh, final episode, but not until the end, because our a uh, couple of our goals here is we want to have fun, but we really want to bring some new uh, new viewers into the village who've never been exposed to this show before. Um, when you hear the spoiler alert, you know we're going to start talking about Fallout, which is the finale. So just uh, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, turn us off at that point. You can come back and listen to it after you've seen it, and you won't miss a thing. I'm Lance, and with me as always are my co-host uh, Brian and Philip. And uh, tonight, coming all the way from the Binge Media Network, it's our good friend uh, Jack Falvey the Fourth. How's it going, Jack? Uh, what do, What are you guys up to these days over there? What's going on, guys? Very happy to be here again. It's always fun to uh, come and guest on this podcast. You guys, I know I say it every time, but you guys do really great work over here. So it's uh, thanks. It's, it's somewhat of an we honor. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, everything's always happening at Pinch Media, you know. We got uh, currently uh, have a new show that we might be rolling out soon in the works. A um, couple shows on hiatus. We're trying to sort of reorganize and uh, focus in on on some some things we have coming down the pike. I can tell you that TV commentaries are coming back in full force very soon. Uh, so stick with it for that. It's been a while. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Better Call Binge, I, I think uh, I think you're going to be seeing some Better Call Binge sooner than, than maybe <laughs> most people thought. So. So, we, so we've been told, Jack. So we've been told. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> so yeah, lots of good stuff. Awesome, dude. Well, what, uh, what, what kind of uh, television shows are you guys thinking about doing commentaries on, or would that be telling? Uh, that would be telling, but I, I will let you guys know off air. I can tell you there's a certain show that starts the last week of February that uh, I think a lot of people who listen to this show will be interested in. So, All right. May uh, may want to keep your uh, ear to the grindstone. Oh, that doesn't fucking make sense, but whatever. You know, <laughs> whatever All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll try to figure it out. So as you know, Jack, we always start with uh, Cool of the Week. Uh, what's the coolest thing you've seen this week, man, besides what we're covering? Um, so the first of which, Lance, I know you've talked about it before, but I finally um, uh, circled back to Star Trek Discovery. I'm about five episodes in at the moment. All right. Um, I'm really enjoying it, man. You know, I uh, I, I kind of went in with very low expectations. Um, 
I've stayed away from a lot of reviews and things like that. I heard a little, I don't know, scuttlebutt about when it first started, but excuse me, haven't heard much since. Um, but yeah, I kind of dove in and I, I like what they're giving us. Um, you know, not to get super spoilery, but the concept of, um, you know, uh, interspace travel with this like spore network was kind of interesting to me. I kind of like that. Um, I really like Anthony Rapp in the show. He's uh, he, he's not like phenomenal, but I, I don't know. I'm just kind of digging the, the characterization there. Obviously, Doug Jones is always awesome to see. Um, so yeah, that's I'm I'm really enjoying what they're doing there. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I the mean, other thing that I, I oh for sorry me, for me it for me it picked up even more when they get past the uh, mid season break. So okay, I, awesome. I think I think it's going to get even better. But you'll have to tell me your thoughts about all that. I will say I have one small gripe, and I it's not bothering me to the point where I don't like it. It's just a little weird. But it does seem like the Klingons all have very high, throaty voices in this one. And I don't know what that's about. Like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back in the day, you know, search for Spock. It's like Christopher Lloyd, and, you know, he's like, look, check that, you know. Right. But, these guys, it's all like, look, look, check that. does seem a little high, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like it's a little weird, but I don't know. You get that Klingon, Klingon accent down, man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it reminds me of like you know, it's clear Game of Thrones influence. It reminds me of the Dothraki right off the hop, you know. So, oh yeah, so good stuff. But um, but the other thing that I definitely wanted to watch this week because I knew I would be on here was the documentary seventy eight fifty two. Ah, Hitchcock. Exactly. So that it's it's supposed to be about the shower scene in psycho um because it was uh what was it 78 i think it was 78 cuts in the scene but 52 different setups wow and the the documentary thank in my opinion thankfully it kind of goes into the making of psycho and like hitchcock's psychology of it the influence that that movie's had on other movies and all this all this kind of deep stuff that I wasn't really expecting from it. Um, very solid. I, you know, I, I know you guys have a respect for Hitchcock. I, you know, it, this is exactly the kind of thing that you want to see about his work. Um, oh, yeah. Cause it gives you the perspective of sort of how they made that scene, but also how the film is constructed around it. And it, they kind of take a deep dive on Anthony Perkins' role in the film and, and how he approaches certain certain line readings, and it's just really fascinating. I mean, anybody who's a horror fan, obviously, you got to have Psycho in your toolkit, and you got to know it backwards and forwards. And if you do, this is a perfect companion. So I really, really enjoyed this. I highly recommend it. That sounds super cool. Is it uh, like on demand or on Netflix or what? Uh I mean, anonymous movie guy has it, I believe. So I got gotcha. you. It's out there. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, find it out there somewhere. Awesome. Hey Brian, what was your what was your cool, man? Um, I don't know if it falls on the cool or not so cool because I don't know how I <laughs> feel about it. Uh Cloverfield Paradox. Ah, uh, I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> um some parts of it I, I liked. Uh some of the characters in it in there didn't work for me, but I think I was just bothered by them trying to shoe in this whole the Cloverfield connection, I just it doesn't work. It wasn't working with me, and I kind of see why it got dumped on Netflix. Right? Yeah. So, like mm. it wasn't really a Cloverfield movie. It was just a crazy sci-fi space movie. It was like life. Yeah. 
I mean, some but, there were some parts of it oh, I enjoyed, but just overall. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> it's about on that level. I mean, I didn't hate life, but uh Yeah, I didn't hate it either, but yeah. That it, that wasn't the greatest movie either, but yeah. um yeah, I'm just really surprised. I get uh, I guess Netflix paid like 50 million for this movie and mm-hmm. that was Money incredible to, to hear. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, the only big name dude was that uh, Irish guy, right? I, I the, mean, he's not Chris, even that big name. He's oh, just... Chris, Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd was in it, right? I, I, that, I did not like him in this at all. No, actually, yeah. Actually, I, I gotta say, I thought the cast was actually pretty stacked. I mean, yeah. you had, uh, what's his name from Inglorious Bastards is the German guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Daniel Brühl. Yeah, um, Elizabeth Debicki was the blonde. She was, I mean, she was in Guardians of the Galaxy, but... She was in um, that BBC show, The Night Manager. Um, the the bald guy, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was in Silver oh. Linings Playbook. Uh, yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, the Asian woman, Zhang Yi, I think her name is, or something like that. I mean, she's been in a bunch of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Hero. You know, like, I was actually surprised at how how many of the cast members I knew. Um I I don't know. I, it seems like they spent a lot of money on who was in the movie and not the script. But that's, <laughs> yeah, there's uh, a lot of uh, a lot of really pseudoscience, and they're really focused on the minute details of the whole thing instead of uh, you know trying to maybe make something for the bigger picture of the Cloverfield universe, which is probably what they should have been doing. Uh oh. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Uh, it just wasn't great. Ugh, too bad, man. Yeah. Well, got Netflix anyway. May as well watch it, right? Was that was yeah. that all all you had for the cool of the week, Brian? Um, I watched a bunch of bullshit again. I'm not even going to bring it up. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, horror, horror is. I'm sorry to say, is so far in January or going into we're in mm-hmm. February now is not really doing it for me right now. Oh, we're not yeah. in the I'm, season. I'm getting really. I'm getting really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, fucking that was uh, this year. that was gonna be one of mine too. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox was. I mean, it was kind of cool of the week. I had to watch it twice because uh, the first time, like, if you miss that first half of the movie, um, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And then even if you watch it, it still doesn't make a ton of sense. But it it mm-hmm. does what it does. Uh, I also uh, I watched a few episodes of the End of the Effing World on Netflix. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, like I kind of like it. It's 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 really quirky, and I think I maybe wish they kind of made a movie of it instead of a series. But uh, I'll hold that judgment until the end of the until the end of the series. Okay. Um, but so far, it's 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 holding my attention. It's uh kind of got a a real indie dark feeling to it. Um. Yeah, but but it's fun. It's it's interesting. I like it. Oh. Yeah, I thought about checking it out, man. I I don't know. <laughs> I've heard not so great things. It, Jack, have you seen it? No, not yet. I uh, I don't know. I Star Trek had uh, a little bit right. more importance for me, so I yeah. No, as first. soon as you said Star Trek, every fucking time we do this yeah. podcast, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta watch Star Trek, and then I totally yeah. forget as soon as we're done. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe this is your ch- your chance to check it out, man. 
Yeah. Finally, finally the alcohol is a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, not to not to derail things, but you guys actually mentioned something that I wanted to ask you about while I was on here. Um, so, you know, Oscars are what they are, right? They don't really dictate quality of a movie. But, you know, you're talking about how this year so far horror hasn't been that great. Well, right now we have from obviously last year, Get Out has been nominated for Best Picture. Now, um, say what you will about whether that's a horror movie or not, you know, whatever. It's sort of mm-hmm. in that camp. Sure, yeah, definitely. How, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, it's been a while since I think a legitimate horror thriller, whatever, has gotten a Best Picture nomination. I mean, are you guys happy about that, or do you kind of want it to stay like niche and sort of, you know, serving its specific audience? Oh, no, I think I'm I think we need that. more. Yeah, I think we need more Alfred Hitchcocks in the world, man. That's uh, uh that was that was a pretty damn good horror movie, and and just a pretty damn good movie in general. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I wish they'd do more of that shit, you know. Nice. Yeah, I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say uh, 2017 is has been my favorite year in film since uh, since 1999 when the the Matrix wow. and the Sixth Sense and American Beauty and Blair Witch John Malkovich. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Election. That. I mean, oh. ninety nine is the shit, man. Yeah, damn. Ninety nine's amazing. <laughs> Two thousand seven is the fucking shit. Yeah, there's a couple of years that what I don't know what was in the sauce, but like there are just these right. fucking pockets of amazing fucking movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm worried. Two thousand eighteen is not off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> no, very, it's very not. Worried so far. Yeah. Um, but on the television front, maybe not so worried. Um, mm. you, you guys know how much I, I, I just gravitate towards stuff that's very polarizing. Sure. You either love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, how far are you guys into Altered Carbon? Uh, I'm, I only watched those first two episodes. Okay. I have not got back to it. I'm not yet. My fucking wife won't watch it. <laughs> uh, you ch- have you checked any out yet, Jack? Not yet. Um, okay. It's definitely on the short list, though. All right. Well, I just uh, I I'm I'm up through number four, and 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 four is is far and away my favorite yet uh, of all the episodes yet. And uh, I I the reason that I love it is because I don't think there's any technology in it that that's not going to be happening guaranteed at some point. Um, because I think I think the way that they're they're presenting the technology is very logical. I don't think it's real far out. Like you guys were talking about the pseudoscience with the paradox movie. Uh, I think it's all very believable. And then they had a twist that they introduced in the fourth one of where maybe some of the technology came from that gets you thinking, wow, that would really up the game. So I'm loving it, man. Four episodes in, and the only reason I haven't finished it is because I really don't want to blow through all ten too quickly. You know, I'm enjoying that much, and I really like watching an episode and then uh, thinking about it for a couple of days. So, no, Mm -hmm. I think it's really good hard science fiction. I'm loving it. I really want to watch it. Like it, that, that is on my like very first list of things to do. As soon as she goes to sleep, I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah, definitely cool of the week. Well, uh, Brian, we get, uh, got any news going on, man? Uh, last week we talked about the the fourth movie, which was going to be set in World War II. Apparently, there's a fifth one that is already might be already made, possibly, or in the process of being made. And uh, rumor is uh, they've casted Daisy Ridley in this one. What? Uh, yes. Denny, Denny will love that, right, Jack? 
it might love it a little too much. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and they have said uh, wow. all future uh, Cloverfield movies in the franchise will will be in theaters. Hmm. So that's kind of kind of a little bit telling about the the Cloverfield paradox. Which is, uh, which I'm, I, think, I'm, I think it was just kind of a little origin story that they may have thrown out there. I don't know. May, I, I, it feels like the whole Cloverfield uh, part of it was just sort of thrown in at the last minute. Like it maybe yeah. started out as a different movie. Yeah. So, so that's literally the case because I don't know if you guys right. took too much of a deep dive on it, but the cast didn't even know that it was a Cloverfield movie until like really? a month ago. Yeah. Well, um, that makes sense. Yeah, because I guess what they did was they the because obviously the way that they filmed it, nothing that happens in space has anything to do with Cloverfield at all. Like I mean, yeah. it's called Cloverfield Station, but that's it. Right. So the scene and they don't with, even really tell you that. Right. Exactly. But um, the scenes with the husband on Earth were reshot to tie it into the Cloverfield stuff because really there are like. Uh-huh. Only two references, right? I mean, he comes yeah. across, when he first comes across the kid, he kind of sees like the shadow of something. Yeah. And the thing at the end. But, um, yeah, I look, I'm I'm kind of excited for Overlord because I, even when I first heard about that a couple of years back, I think that the occult with the Nazis is just a, a criminally under fucking told story. Yeah, like, they were into some crazy shit. Raiders of the Lost yeah, Ark since, just since, fucking yeah. touched it. Since but... Raiders, they haven't done too much in that vein. Yeah, that's why I'm excited about it. Exactly, exactly. Like I'm envisioning, it's probably going to be like I, I don't know, probably like D-Day, right? And a bunch of guys come across a town where they find some crazy Nazi ex- experiments, right? Like that's got to be what it is. But I'm so fucking down to see that. Like that sounds awesome. Well, except, I mean, not to spoil anything, they they did sort of explain why it would be a World War II movie with the Cloverfield shit in this one. Oh yeah. Which, which takes the Nazi experiments off the table. No, I know. Right. And I'm, I'm, I was really excited about it being a Nazi experiment because like, I mean, I've read books about Nazi experiment. I'm not like real books, like fiction books (laughs) about Nazi experiments that were cool as shit. And, uh, I was really hoping that the Cloverfield thing would, would flow that way. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's like an origin story. Well, no, this was the origin story, and it kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> speaking of World War II, would you guys watch a World War II movie Dunkirk that had too. Chucky in it? That had Chucky in it. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. That Chucky in it. How does that work? Uh, <laughs> Don Mancini says he has an idea to put Chucky in a World War II setting. <laughs> this is not. I only want it if I can get multiple Chuckies, like thousands of them. Right. <laughs> to replace. Fighting the to re- they're time traveling Chuckies. Here's, oh, here's yeah, what I'm yeah. thinking. The Chucky dolls are the Nazi experiment, right? Oh, yes. There we go. Oh, plan. Hitler's plan is to save the Aryan race by using Chucky as a Nazi. <laughs> no way, they don't give a fuck. They'll just treat it like Russia. Just keep throwing them at the enemy. They're not fucking alive. Who gives a shit? You know, eventually they'll get through. Oh, that, I'll fucking watch the shit out of that. Was, was Charles I, Lee Ray a, an Aryan or what? Was he a pure blood? <laughs> He'd have to be. 
I did not see that coming. Uh, I did not see that coming. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, it's also a Cloverfield sequel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or it's a tie dad, one of those. Okay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Probably not with Chucky. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Lance, I think you'll off your apron. <laughs> Lance, I think you'll be happy about this. Don Mancini also is working on a Child's Play TV series. Uh, I can't wait. Now, that, that I'm more interested in. <laughs> that I was sold until they he said it's not oh, going to no. be a reboot, but it's going to be a continuation from the movies. That's and okay. I was, I was not a fan of that last one. Uh, I was. Well, how much I'm more cool. off the rails can they get? I mean, it's Chucky. Well, apparently he's going to World War Two, so they can. Well, that's pretty go fucking off the, off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David uh, Kirshner will be involved, and it said uh, Brad Duroff is returning as the voice. So nice. Well, we can ask him when we see him at Frightmare. Oh yeah, the whole uh, original Child's Play cast will be there. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Ooh, we got to get some uh, sound bites from those. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, we talked about Matt Smith uh, possibly playing Charles Manson in the Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, well, it wasn't for the Quentin Tarantino movie. It is for another Charles Manson movie called Charlie Says. And oh, this come is coming. On. Yep, this is coming from America, American Psycho director um, Mary Heron. So ah, okay. uh, he is attached to play that. And they've also casted uh, Carla Gugino to play in the movie, too. Nice. Yeah, she hasn't directed too much since that. She did like uh, a, some kind of a vampire movie at, at a girl's school or something. And I think that's about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jack. Yeah, American Psycho was like a classic. Yeah. Um, God, I, I, I hate to keep doing this. We keep doing sidebars here. But are you guys watching American Crime Story? No, I haven't. I haven't. No. You mean the Versace one? Yeah, haven't haven't seen that, but I've heard I've heard good things, dude. It's American Psycho. Like it's exactly yeah. oh. what she was doing in American Psycho. In my opinion, the guy is fucking out of it. Like super right. scary, like predatory fucking serial killer. <laughs> no, yeah, shit. it's like he, it's absolutely Patrick Bateman Bateman esque. Like, does, it's, does he it's, listen to Huey Lewis in the news? Well, he's in the '90s, so he's listening to like fucking good vibrations and stuff. You know what I mean? Like that, like right? the fucking Marky Mark one. But sure. uh, <laughs> yeah, like you guys really need to get on that. Look, yeah. first episode, mm. the Gianni Versace stuff, it, surprisingly, kind of takes a backseat to the serial killer. Like the show is okay. about the serial killer. Okay. Um, it's really fucking good though, and it's right in you guys' wheelhouse. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, for sure. It looks amazing too. I mean, it's it's one of the best looking shows on TV right now. I think. Well, no they did. Uh, that was the same uh, American Crime Story that did the like the OJ thing, right? Yeah, and I and think it was, people assumed that was going to be another courtroom thing, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's like the fucking trials and tribulations of a serial killer. And the latest episode was like one of the most chilling fucking things I've seen in a long time, especially on TV. So man, no I got to check it out. Cause I loved, I loved the OJ season. I loved it. It's got the same, like sort of ironic shitty wigs and bad hairdo and bad <laughs> makeup. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. it's like slightly exaggerated, but it fucking works really well in that show. But I'm telling you, I've never seen this guy in anything else. And he is fucking lights out. It's really good. It's, I mean, 
it's only four episodes at the moment, so it could definitely go downhill at any time. But right. so far, I would, yeah, it's one of the best things I've seen this year so far. Fuck, man. Something else I got to add to the docket. God. I know, right? There's a lot of good TV on right now. <laughs> really is. Waco's great, too. I don't know if you guys tapped into that. But, yeah, but, you know. oh, I can't take Taylor Lance's Kish. favorite uh, favorite actor in there. <laughs> as much as I love Michael Shannon, I hate Taylor Kish, so it's really tough for me, man. But you're all kinds of down on Dane DeHaan, huh? <laughs> hey, he could probably I'll play the part better. I'll say this. If you have a problem with Taylor Kitsch, I totally get it. I think that a couple years ago, studios made a mistake trying to put him in, like, every big-name movie. Right. And they just didn't work out because they weren't the right thing. But, man, this show, he's – if he was used like this from the beginning – not like granted this show he's the focus i mean he's david koresh he's the main character mm-hmm. but if they had found roles like this for him instead of making him john carter or you know the lead in battleship or any of that other bullshit right. the guy could have developed into a much better actor but I, I feel like this is his like second chance to kind of write the ship man he, um, he destroyed savages for me man yeah oh, see yeah, i like savages Ugh. All right, okay. well, god damn it. Another one I got to give a chance to, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, Mike Flanagan, uh, who recently just did Gerald's Game, is uh, writing and directing this, the Shining sequel, Dr. Sleep. Yeah, I'm, I think that's a great, great choice. Fucking. Uh, do, do, you, do you guys think this will go to Netflix or... I think it has to, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it seems like it's set up for that. Flan- Flanagan's been doing a lot of Netflix shit lately, hasn't he? Yeah. Stephen King, man, has had more movies come out in the last year mm-hmm. than his entire career. Netflix is the perfect place for, for a guy like Stephen King's story. So I would yeah. like, agree. His audience is always going to buy his next book, right? Like, it doesn't matter. I don't know any Stephen King fan who hasn't read if, – if they read Stephen King, they read every one of his books, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you know that there's another movie and it's a Stephen King movie, it's coming out on Netflix, same guy who made the last one, even if you just kind of like the last one, I feel like odds are you're going to tap into it, you know? Yeah, why not? And uh, the last thing we're going to talk about is uh, <laughs> we're going to get a second – Star Wars trilogy, and this is going to come from Game of Thrones creators David Benoff, if I'm saying that right, and D.B. Weiss. Hmm. I'm putting my hands in the air and saying amen right now. Y'all can't see it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Look, the more Star Wars, the better for me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm cool with that, but I don't know how Patrick's going to feel, man. He's 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 been a resident Star, Star, Star Wars hater lately. Well, Disney Star Wars, people people don't like that idea. But Disney Marvel apparently is okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I nah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's too much, you know? I mean there I I just I don't know, man. I'm I'm down, you know, I'm going until they give me reason not to, but at the same time right. it's like I I don't know. Star Wars used to feel a lot more special, you know, and it just I don't know. If you get one a year, it just feels like they're watering it down to me. And it, it's not such an event anymore, is it? Yeah. I just so, want them to contribute to the bigger universe. You know, that's if, my if, thing. If, yeah. if they do something to contribute to the overall story, in, that, in every yeah. movie, they have to do that. So, 
Go ahead. Sorry, go. No, no, uh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, um, since we're getting two new trilogies and then we're also still getting standalone movies, are they going to move it up to two movies a year? Wow. I mean, that's got to be the goal, right? Eventually. Wow. But I mean, hmm. Ryan Johnson yeah, and like the Game Mar- of Thrones guys. Marvel. Yeah, yeah I, I think Marvel's a bad comparison, though. And unfortunately, yeah. everything's trying to be Marvel. But, well, I mean, obviously, you know, you think of that right away because it's established universe and cinematic universe. It's what everybody wants to do, right? But mm-hmm. Marvel, you know, look at Iron Man, right? Iron Man comes out. They focus, and this was the same summer as The Dark Knight. So it's it's impressive when you think of that because Iron Man came out True. in May. Dark Knight was like June or July. Um and somehow both of those movies were able to coexist in the same time space, right? Okay, now was sure. that 2007? Is that what you were referring to earlier? That was, that was actually 2008. Okay, so, well, that was a damn good year then. Uh, yeah. It was. It was. But what what's interesting about Iron Man is that there is nothing to tease anything beyond Iron Man until the very end credits. Mm-hmm. Like, Clearly, after you know they started making sequels, they had stuff that they could draw from, and they kind of organically went in different directions. But yeah, of course. But like, they focused on telling you a good story to start. They never took for granted the storytelling in service of whatever came next, right? Yeah, good point. Good point. So it's not like they greenlit Iron Man and also greenlit Iron Man Two and the Avengers and Thor, right? They made Iron yeah. Man. They made that well. Then they started thinking about uh, it, Incredible Hulk, I think, was the same year, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because Tony Stark shows up in that. That, that was pretty uh, bad, though. It was. It was. But, but you know, they, they built it, right, movie by movie and kind of built their brand. And now it's to the point where every Marvel movie is, is a pseudo-sequel of the one that came before it, but they right. can also be their own stories, right? Mm-hmm. So my problem with Star Wars right now is the same problem I have with Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman was an origin story after we already saw Wonder Woman for the first right. time and knew that we were going to see her again like five months later, right? So who gives a fuck what happens in her origin? Like, who cares? We already know where this character ends up. There's nothing to tell. Like, there's no urgency. She's obviously going to beat the bad guy. She's obviously going to survive. Like, those those are off the table, those options. Mm-hmm. So Star well, that's Wars- in any comic book character, really. Sort of, but I, at least there's a suspension of disbelief when I walk into a fresh Batman movie. Well, that's yeah. a bad example because they've shit on Batman for a few years now. But like, <laughs> yeah. you know, Black Panther, right? I can assume that Black Panther is probably going to get out of it, but I don't know anything about his other characters. I don't know when this story takes place. Like, I feel like there are elements there that they can kind of work with, right? Mm-hmm. What has Star Wars done? Star Wars made The Force Awakens. Decent movie derivative but decent movie i'm you know not no criticism there really then they go to rogue one rogue one cool concept uh last third of the movie is phenomenal first two thirds are kind of meh for me but Mm -hmm. it's all about what came before establishing the shit that you already know right okay last jedi comes along a movie that is obsessed to the fucking t with doing what you don't think is going to happen to the point where i personally think that the narrative suffers very much in that movie from the twist huh I just the, a lot of pieces of that movie don't make any sense, but yeah, you know that's a, I, I did a I whole three it. hour podcast on that. If you guys want to jump into it at some point on binge, but but what's the next movie that's coming out? Solo. We have to learn about the origin of Han Solo. I mean, it, 
what are we doing? Like, how many times do we have to keep going back to the shit that we already know sure. to, like, tell us why we should like it? Like, don't fucking tell me why I should like this. I already like it. Move on. Give me something new. Move. Yeah. You know, you know, he's going to do the Kessel run, right? I mean, oh, and of course, the ship cool. is different. So, like, they got to fucking explain what happened to the ship, right? They got to oh, fucking explain. Boy. Yeah. That Lando had a card game, right? It's like, I already know what this movie is. Like, stop, you know? So, See, I, I just have issues with Star Wars not taking a step forward and not, you know, Ryan Johnson talked about how The Last Jedi was supposed to be this uh, bold move in a different direction to keep Star Wars relevant, right? Okay. But then they just rested on the laurels of what they always do in that movie to do the exact same thing all the other Star Wars movies do. So it's either shit or get off the pot. Do something different or fucking don't. But, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, got, I don't want to get into a ton of Star Wars stuff on you guys, but, like, I got some pretty – I got some issues with that. So. All right, well, uh, see, and I'm I'm okay with them. I got I got I got I got to interject. I'm okay with them going into the past because uh, I I like them expanding. That's in, in my mind. I'm I'm excited about uh, the things that they they are doing in the past. I kind of want them to go further into the past, like more into the origin of the Jedi's and all of that shit. I hope that I they get there. Um, but, uh, and at first I was thinking, ah, Han Solo, who cares? We already know what his story is. Right. But after seeing the, uh, the, the preview for the movie, I'm like, ah, this will be a cool story. Is it going to be an integral part of the, of the Star Wars universe? Eh, probably not so much. (laughs) It's more of a standalone movie, (laughs) kind of like Rogue One was. But being that standalone movie, they're not constricted to, uh, as much stuff as uh say the last jedi was so i i think that maybe they can do with that what they did with with rogue one and hopefully make it a kick-ass movie hope so yeah i kind of actually i kind of like the way that that rogue one ended and the way it did seamlessly tie into the next film even though i didn't think they were gonna do that that seamlessly but i kind of enjoyed it but uh oh, i didn't think they were either but yeah it worked <laughs> is that is that the news brian yeah, I was gonna say uh, we should just uh, go ahead and yeah, get to the trailer already, park. <laughs> we're, already, we're already getting there, boys. We're getting. There. We're gonna make a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. That's fine. It's all right. Yeah, well, it's all good. Of, no, that was me too. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of our star, a lot of our Star Wars podcasts are, are are pretty heavily downloaded. So you may have a point there. Um, well, Jack, hashtag the fuck out of this thing. All right, Jack. We're gonna we're gonna ask you to slum with us a little bit, man, because we're right. taking a little trip. Down to the trailer park. Brian, can I guess what our first new trailer might be to talk about, or should we just skip that one? Uh, I mean, do you guys have anything else to say about Solo? Uh, oh, yeah, I guess we did talk about As far as what you've what you seen in the trailer. <laughs> I'm excited I'm about the worried. trailer. I wasn't excited about the movie until I saw the trailer. Oh, boy. Well, that's Philip for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean... Donald Glover looks like just the most fucking suave ass pimp I've ever seen in my life. Right, so, Lando he's as a pulling, motherfucker. He's pulling it off. Then. <laughs> Can we just have the Lando movie? I feel like that's right? the way better R-rated movie that I want personally. Yes, <laughs> that would be amazing. Just slaying Poon, you know, alongside our buddy GC. Right. I feel like writes itself. <laughs> sure. 
All right, Solo uh, coming out May 25th. All right. So, uh, anybody else think it's weird that that's going to be competing with Infinity War in the same month? Yeah, it does seem kind of odd, doesn't it? Yeah, bad idea. What, well, especially from the same fucking studio? I feel like it's going to get pushed. Yeah, and uh, I guess we'll get into uh, this trailer here, which uh, comes out uh, May 18th. Uh, Deadpool 2. Yes, jam. I love that trailer, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Cable looks fucking badass, man. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. I know. He I'm more excited about this like than Cable. anything. Yeah, I know you are. That was your number one movie from two years ago, man. It was. Deadpool was amazing. It was a. It was a. It was a film masterpiece. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Jack, Jack, I mean, what do you think about that? <laughs> put it this way: uh, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of Toy Story, and I love Woody. Like he's just my shit. Right. Did you see uh, the Wade on the bottom of his foot? Yeah, dude, that was that was so fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, how can you not be in for this movie unless you're, you know, just a fucking asshole, really? I mean, <laughs> this movie's probably going to have everything you want in it, plus a little more. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fucking Deadpool. Why anybody who doesn't like Deadpool can go fuck themselves? And Philip, we got a, a Superman mustache reference. I know. I, oh, I know. I rewound it to show my wife because I, I started laughing and she's like, what the fuck are you laughing about? And I'm like, did you not understand what happened just now? <laughs> I, I So just on a pure like film level, I am going to be interested to see how they're able to juggle Deadpool being snarky right. with I feel like Cable is going to be pretty straight. Like yeah. seems, oh, but you need that, man. You you, you always a, have to have the straight man and the good, for and sure. good comedy act, you know. For sure, but I hope that there's a. I hope it's it's done well. I hope it's done justified. Well. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. We'll we'll find out, man. We'll find out soon enough. You know, you're going to be there. With with uh, I I think that the the way that they pulled it during the first movie, I I, I think that they're they're going to do it well. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, have have you played the game? It's pretty fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, Deadpool 2, uh, uh, May 18th. Uh, going to move on to our next one, which is uh, going to be HBO's Westworld Season 2. Yeah, Kanye you guys in the think? background. Did y'all catch that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Kanye? For real? Yeah. A little, that, little that version the... of one of his songs. The song oh, that they had oh, the playing song. Okay. in the I background. You, I thought he no, he wasn't in the, the show. Saloon or something. No, 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 no. Looking for. A I movie. am a genius. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're a fucking robot. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all looking forward to it. You know, I wasn't that impressed with the. It was more of a teaser, really. Yeah. You know, it's hard for me to tell exactly what was going on. I want them to go outside the universe of Westworld, like the movies did, where they go to like Future World and. Like with the, at the end of that, where they had the samurai, all the samurai swords and the Japanese armor and everything. I want to see that world, you know. Well, they kind of yeah. teased that in the finale uh, last season, so I, I feel like they may do that this season. I, this trailer got me excited about it again because I had kind of forgotten. You know, it's been a while since Westworld was out. Yeah, yep. and uh, and I, and at first I was like, yeah, well, well whatever. The Western stuff, robots, okay, cool. And then, you know, they showed, like, the bull attacking the guy, and then, like, the uh, 
the iRobot looking dude that was attacking the other guy, and I was like, okay, right. robots taking over. This shit's gonna happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, we already got sex robots on the way. I'm telling you, it's only a matter of time. It <laughs> may you know not be in Phil. But it, it may not be in my lifetime that the robots take over, but um, it will be in my lifetime that they have a really kick-ass sex robot. And I'm sure at some point, I plan on experiencing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's going to happen, I'm just saying. <laughs> you yep. know what I think yep. should be a requirement for using one of those things? Yep. Just as like a, a term of liability. <laughs> they present you two versions of the robot right one completely decked out the way that you want it right and the other one without the skin on it just the gears and let's see how many people decide to stick their fucking dick in that (laughs) i'm just saying we'll put the skin back on it and and then you're okay good to go (laughs) a lot of cogs man a lot of gears (laughs) clockwork angels huh there you go. <laughs> Look, it's bad enough we all have to deal with the zipper on the reg is all I'm saying, you know. Uh, People still fuck that up. People How did you get the beans above the frank? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Westworld Season 2, April 22nd. All right. And our last trailer, which was kind of just dropped out of nowhere, uh, Venom, starring Tom Hardy. Ugh, it can drop back. Really? Yeah, yeah I, really? I really. Okay, I, one thing that I, I didn't like off top was the the accent he's using, the voice. He kind of sounds like Terrence Howard. <laughs> uh, was that him though, or was that somebody who was talking to him? I believe that was him. Yeah, I think it was him. I think he's 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 got like a. I, I think he's trying to do like a California accent, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Weird yeah. sort of surfer guy. Yeah, I I fucking didn't like this trailer at all. You have a movie called Venom, and your trailer doesn't have Venom in it. <laughs> right? What's up with that? Okay, that's like, my that, problem. Is that going to be the movie? Like, it's Venom, but not Venom? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> oh, Cloverfield. Yeah. This is, yeah. But this is another example of, like, a studio just being fucking stupid, right? Like, why does Venom matter without Spider-Man? Like, they're talking about all these Joker movies they want to make. If Batman's not in the Joker movie, go fuck yourself. Like, that's why he's there is to fight Batman. Like, if you don't have that, you don't True. fucking get the character, man. You know? Right. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get this fucking movie. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you all the way, dude. I don't, I don't either. Tom no Hardy in it going on here. gives me a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. I, I think Tom that... Yeah, I, he's. I think he's a great actor, man. I think that he can okay. pull this off, and I, it depends on how they do it, though. If it's some goofy fucking CGI Venom because they haven't right. showed you Venom yet, uh, then it's gonna suck. But hopefully, I mean, if they've got the money to pull Tom Hardy, hopefully they've got the money to put into some CGI stuff that's actually worth the shit. I think the story is going to be all jumbled, though, because there's rumors that Tom Holland's going to make a cameo in this movie. Oh, yeah. no. No, 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 no. Well, because they're supposed to be friends, right? Peter Parker and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, whatever his name that's is. That's how it started. Uh, so yeah, they, uh, were, uh, they were buddies or whatever at first. I'm okay with that. I'm even okay with the standalone Venom movie. When, okay, I mean, well, if, how, if they pull they, out big guns like Tom Hardy. When were they buddies? 
because isn't Tom Holland in is, is Spider-Man in, in the yeah, MCU well, we supposed mean, to be mean, like 15 years old? He needs in the comic books. Too. Well, yeah, in the comic book, that's a good point. <laughs> that might be a little so, hard to pull off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to to to, to yeah. justify that stuff. You know, I mean, I uh, little, little plot holes are not my thing. But uh, I think it's Sony just fucking shit up again. Yeah, just uh, throwing it out not. there as quick as they can. Well, we know we know Monica from the Padded Room podcast is going to be seeing it just because Tom Hardy's in it. <laughs> she, yeah. She'd watch, yeah. she'd watch Tom Hardy painting a wall or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're getting Venom here um, this year, October 5th. Yeah. So. All right. Have fun, guys. Oh, shit, Brian. Dude, <laughs> Wait a minute. Right around Halloween season, <laughs> I, I I think they're they're going to go, uh, maybe not horror, but uh, it's going to be a very tense mm. movie, I think. Yeah, on that note, that is our <laughs> last trailer. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I'm not sold on the trailer. I'm not sold on the movie. So. All right. And now my favorite, oh, my, favorite, my favorite part of the show. Philip, do we got any feedback this week, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a bunch of feedback. <laughs> hey, hey, Jack, real quick. Um, yeah? You brought up the, the standalone Joker movie. How do you feel about uh, Joaquin Phoenix yeah, possibly fucking... playing the role? Yeah, uh, I... I don't know, man. I, I, if, Good I actor. Know. He's yeah. I, I mean, I, uh, dude, Todd Phillips is supposed to be directing that. Get the fuck out of here! Are, like, are you kidding me? You're giving the fucking. Why is there a Joker movie? Like, why? Right. Why? I, I just I can't even I can't even get like close to answering how do I feel about Joaquin Phoenix because like I can't even fucking believe. The, the people who are working on that movie are working on it. Like, it blows my fucking mind. Like, uh, that's got to be a from, joke, dude. You went from, like, you went from, fuck it, I can't. I can't do it, man. I could just okay. yell for, like, two hours on a podcast. Maybe it'll just, be as good as, good okay, as how about, Suicide Squad. How about this? Um, oh, what's, what is his name from The Room? Tommy <laughs> wants to be. Yeah, he wants to be the Joker. What? Oh, what? That, way better. Way better. <laughs> way better. The crazy guy from the room? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I can see and, it all right now, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, why, why, why so serious, Craig? Why? Everything goes great on my end, Craig. You do, or Bruce. Everything goes great on my end, Bruce. <laughs> Ouch. That was... All right. That... <laughs> That was amazing. I I, I love that idea now. <laughs> oh, you may see it. All right. Listener feedback. Uh, we got quite a bit today. Uh, regarding A Quiet Place, uh, Ryan Stevens says it's a cool concept. Uh, I hope it won't end up being a snooze fest like it comes at night. Agree. <laughs> there you go. You're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, check out Jen's review of oh, the geez. Haunters. Jeans. Oh, my bad. There's an, a missing E. Uh, check out Gene's review of The Haunters. Uh, the art of scare on our group page. The movie explores extreme haunted houses in America. Oh, fucking definitely. We got to yeah. check that out this Big year. Big time extreme. <laughs> like, no, you don't want to check this one out, Philip. 
Oh, well, uh, oh, that was like to pick you up and throw you in a coffin shit, That's right? That's the one. Yeah, well, uh, okay. if you if you get a chance to watch the review cuz Gene they're all on YouTube. He doesn't have like a uh he doesn't have a podcast, I don't think that you can subscribe to, but he does the YouTube videos. And he was talking about one where they they don't even have a fucking safe word and oh. they throw like goat's blood on you and they handcuff you and Nope. Some people it takes nope. up to three hours to get through the the haunted house. Fuck that shit. Woo! That's like <laughs> I'm asking for an ass whooping. Right. <laughs> Fuck it, we got to do it. All right. Uh, <laughs> about <Enjoy>. Joaquin. <laughs> It'll be an adventure. It's fun. Uh, about Joaquin Phoenix possibly playing the Joker, which we've talked about. Uh, Mikey Troma. Uh, Mikey Tromatras says uh, he's a great method actor. I think he could surprise us all. Jack, what are you thinking, man? Oh, wait. You already told us what you're thinking. Yeah. He, <laughs> he can't get past the whole movie being made. <laughs> uh, fucking make another good Batman movie before you fucking talk to me right. about Joker, you <laughs> cocksuckers. <laughs> there you go. Fucking assholes. Affleck, man. I was, really, I was really looking forward to Affleck, too. Fuck. Fucking assholes. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, regarding Amazon's upcoming Conan series, uh, Ryan Stevens Hall says, uh, yes. Art Cali says, I'm highly interested in this myself. Nice. Eh, can't be too right. bad. Uh, regarding Winchester, oh boy. Uh, the Nez says, uh, for the Bay Area pimp that I am, this film uh, gets an eight. Just oh, my God. Yeah, he gives everything an eight. <laughs> what, he, he, he likes some, some weird he, stuff, He reviewed man. something with us last week, and he said, this movie sucks, and this was terrible. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> he's Sorry, the, we love you. He's the anti-Garrett, Jack. <laughs> I don't know if I could handle the anti-Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kev. We love you. Of course we uh, do. South Bay is cool with me. Um, Patrick Clear uh, says, I'll have to go see it. I suppose I have to have something for this year's bottom five. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's already getting some stiff competition, though. Uh, yeah, nah, check out the January movies. Um, Patrick Lear says, uh, from here on, whenever Lance mentions Dane DeHaan should star in something, I'm going to counter with Jason Clark. Oh, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here, Patrick. Oh, boy. Uh, I'd say they're on the same level. Um, regarding Solo, uh, the Star Wars story, Lars Christian, uh, Lars from Denmark. Says, uh, looks awesome. What a great surprise. I want to be a space gangster. <laughs> I like Very serious. Thought it would be funny. Solo looks great. I'm in. Well, he's in. Uh, Patrick Lear says, if it totally sucks, Star Wars fans will only see it three times in the theaters each. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, now that he mentions it, I kind of want to be a space gangster, too. Yeah, I know, right? Fucking yeah. A. Uh... The Strangers Pray at Night. Uh, Melissa Stevens says, I am so curious about this movie because of the first one, uh, because the first one is probably my favorite horror film of all time. Wow. Check that out. Strong words, huh? Yeah. Uh, Adam Falkington, Falkingham says, uh, did you see, did you guys see Wade wearing chunk shirt from the Goonies in the new Deadpool trailer? <laughs> yeah. I did. Yeah. It's- I think he's sitting on the couch uh, with um, with the blind lady. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you at the very end. 
he says, "Haha! If we see Cable riding a pink bike with training wheels in the film, I will last my I will laugh my ass off." Haha. <laughs> That's cool. Chunk from the Goonies. I'm digging it. Nice. Uh, check out the Horror Mafia's newest podcast in our group. Uh, the Dead Will Rise. Our boys Donnie Rings, Big Bill, and Baby Joey fight off the dead in the boss's specially uh, selected triple dose of zombie films. Uh, not only do they welcome Tanya as an official full-time co-host, they also spread the brains in a full-on antipasto that will set the mood for their undead shenanigans. Uh, pass the schnapps and a second helping of intestines with this one. Uh, more comments on Altered Carbon. Sounds good, man. Uh, Gregorio Mirren uh, just saw the first episode, and it is my cup of tea here. Uh, a lot of similarities with Ghost in the Shell and other futuristic dystopian animes. Uh, we'll watch more of it. Ryan Stevens. Uh, the first review on IMDb is titled "To Those Who Read Books." Uh, this makes me laugh because I have. Ne- this makes me laugh because I have never heard of this series before. Netflix. <laughs> okay. Um, regarding extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, Cynthia Talbot says, "I was hoping Jim Parsons was going to be the character of Ted Bundy. Uh, he would make a creepy villain." He would, but I think Ted Bundy was supposed to be a little more suave than that, huh? Hmm. Uh, total sidebar. Have you guys ever watched the Ted Bundy movie? Uh-uh. It's, it's oh, been wait, a while. wait, wait. I think I did. Who was in that? Uh, Wasn't it just it, called it, Bundy or something like that? I think it was originally called Bundy. I think if you look it up on IMDb, it comes up as Ted Bundy. But Okay. It's, it's maybe, super maybe shitty. Haven't. Maybe I haven't it, then. It's super it, shitty? It's super shitty, but uh, it's also fucking hilarious. Like... They don't know how to deal with him being suave and also murdering women. So right. it just comes across as like awkward soap opera. <laughs> but oh, it's really uh, funny. Yeah, it's it's good for like a it's like the room. It's kinda in that vein. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. I'm a little excited about this new one coming out, man. I like I, I, I totally expect it to be horrible. I, yeah. I hope that it's good. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> um let's see, talking about the Netflix movie Bushwick. Uh, Chad Eric Dukowitz says the binge crew reviewed this a bit ago and it failed to mention how it's also like a long follow shot the entire film, which was interesting, uh, as it was almost like real time. There you go. That's for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring it to the bosses. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Jim Kupka says uh, Kupka. this Kupka. Uh, Kupka. This... <laughs> I'm gonna text him that right now. So you're, you're you're recording this, right, Jack? <laughs> Kupka. All right, so Jim Kupka says uh, this right here just moved up in the docket. Uh, I love shit like that. Also, uh, Aesop Rock did the soundtrack. Alex uh, and Sarah gave it a positive rating. Uh, did you listen to this show? It's far <laughs> from said, great. He said, did you listen to the show? <laughs> so <I> said, <laughs> We're going so far off the rails here. Jack, you got a lot of stuff to take back, man. I'm taking notes. 
it's it's far from great, but uh, like Lance said, fun way to kill an hour and a half. <laughs> yep, that's that's how I would get it. It's a fun movie. Have you have you seen it, uh, Jack? It's on Netflix. Bushwick. Not yet, man. Batista. Uh, yeah, it's I don't fun. even know it's what the fuck movie. that is, man. <laughs> no, it's awesome, dude. Uh, they're in. Without spoiling too much, they're they're in a uh, uh, Bushwick, which I guess is a neighborhood in in Brooklyn, New York, and. Uh, just shits weird shit starts going on, and it is pretty much all in real time. And they come uh, come to find out that uh, some kind of militant group is is coming and invading. It it it's a fun little movie, man. Fair enough. It really is, yeah. I think you'll like it. It moves super fast too. It's like over with before you even know it. You know. Gotcha. Yeah, check it out. Uh, regarding it stains the sand red. This is one that I really want to see. I think, uh, I think Brian saw it this week. Uh, yeah, I did. Did you? Is it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. How was that not your cool of the week? I don't know. I'm so <laughs> overwhelmed with all the other bullshit I've seen. I just, you got a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know if it would have been in my top ten from last year, but uh, it's a, it's it's decent. It's pretty good. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, Don and Ellie says uh, awesome. Want to hear what you guys have to say about this one. Uh, one of my top ten favorites of the year. Uh, Ryan Stevens says this was one of my top five of the year. Very good film, and it's a hmm. shame it hasn't gotten much press. So sounds like it's getting a lot of love from our from our peeps. Yeah. Uh, and the movie that just keeps on giving, Kudoku Meatball Machine. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen it. I really want to watch it. Jack, Jack, uh, have you seen that one, man? Not yet. <laughs> have you, have watch you heard the preview of it? at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys mentioned it, didn't yeah. you? I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we mentioned it. Uh, so uh, Patrick watched it. Uh, he says, I watched this movie tonight. Uh, I have to say it's insanely over the top. Overall, though, I actually liked it. And uh, it's uh, all in ridiculousness. Uh, it also has the missing gratuitous topless scenes. So it has that going for it as well. Seven out of ten for enjoyment <laughs> factor. <laughs> Uh, I may have to go watch the first movie now. Hey, you had me at gratuitous topless scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, regarding the possible new Star Wars movies being created by Game of Thrones television creators, uh, Patrick, of course, had something to say about that. He mm-hmm. says, uh, <laughs> I hope they aren't expecting George R. R. Martin to write it. <laughs> Boy. Yay, yay. Ryan Stevens says, uh, Ryan Johnson's the worst. Oh, no. Uh, the GOT crew will probably do a much better job. Ouch. All right. I'll take that. I hope they do. <laughs> uh, that's it for listener feedback this week. Uh, thanks to everyone who reaches out to us. We love the feedback. As always, you can reach us at our Facebook or Podbean page. Uh, or you can email us directly at thehorrorreturns at gmail.com or reach us at any of the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, any of that junk. Uh, Tumblr. We have a Tumblr. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review on iTunes uh, because we need you to help us. Help me help you. Uh, and that's it for listener feedback. All right, cool. So now, uh, finally, it's time for our featured attraction. Uh, we're going to take a deep dive into the cult classic, The Prisoner. Once again, we are going to spoil the finale. 
um, but not until the very end because our main goal here is to to turn people onto the the show that haven't haven't seen it before. So definitely not going to give much of a spoiler. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah. But a little bit as we always start with a little opening trivia. The creator was uh, Patrick McGowan himself, the guy who plays number six in the series. He was also known for uh, Danger Man, and he wrote several episodes of Columbo. In case you guys didn't know that. Hey, Lance. Yeah. Let me uh, let me throw something in for people who might not know. Um, the thing that a lot of people know Patrick McGoohan from is actually Braveheart. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Edward the Longshanks, the bad guy, you know, the evil king of England. Mm-hmm. Um, he's That's Patrick McGoohan. So when Whoa. he's being a fucking Whoa. bastard in that movie, right. he's the same guy. You know, all those, all those great lines like, you know, you'll go eat all arrows, sir. And he's like, yes, I'll hit those as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go back and check that out, man. I know, yeah. me too. I haven't seen Braveheart in forever. Yeah, that was oh, wow. when I first saw this. I was like, "Ah, oh, that guy's really familiar." And then my mom actually told me, "She's like, yeah, he's this guy." I was like, "That makes sense." So there you go. Perfect. So a lot of people might know him from Braveheart. Cool. All right. Uh, the Butler, played by Maltese actor Angelo Muscat, never speaks. Mini me. And he actually appears in more episodes than anyone else, except of course Magoo and himself. Uh, on several occasions, plans were made to adapt the prisoner to a feature film. Uh, McGowan once considered filming a sequel that uh, took place 100 years after the TV series. <laughs> I don't know how that would work. Um, a movie was announced in 2001 with McGowan as executive producer and Simon West as director. <laughs> but it was shelved. It was shelved by 2002. Uh, okay, Jack, you're going to like this one, man. Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan was reported to be considering a film version in 2009, Mm. uh, but later dropped out of the project. The producer, Barry Mendel, said a decision to continue with the project depended on the success of the TV miniseries in 2006, which, of course, we all know sucked. And uh, final piece of trivia, this was actually ranked number seven in uh, TV Guide's list of the top 25 cult shows ever. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So... Yeah, a lot of things we can talk about here, but instead of going to like episode by episode, guys, if you guys are cool with it, I thought we'd just maybe cover some of the overall themes and some of our personal theories, and then maybe uh, just each mention our our favorite episode. Will that work? Yeah, sure. Yeah. What uh, What do you guys think is the overarching theme of of the series? Like uh, start to finish, what's the most important point? Uh, Jack- Damn the man. Well, yeah, you got it, man. We we let our we let our guests go first, but Jack, it's up to you, man. You wanna you <laughs> wanna jump it. in or? Yeah, um, I mean, it's pretty clear that the show is all. It's it's just you know, uh, but about what freedom is like freedom of choice, conformity versus nonconformity. I mean, you know, this show came out in a time when. You know, the, the the Beatles were just hitting the Ed Sullivan show. The sexual revolution was happening. And this was a, a kind of a I mean, part of the reason why it didn't last very long is because the show was just so fucking way ahead of its time for what it was doing. Um, you know, when you compare it to the conventional shit that was on TV at the time, like, you know, the Avengers, not the Marvel Avengers, the fucking <laughs> right. Emma, Emma Peel and, and what's his name? Um and, you know, McCoolian's other show, Danger Man. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, in America, they had, what, like, 
we were, we were beyond I Love Lucy, but, you know, uh, Happy Days hadn't come along yet. But, you know, what, 60s television was what it was. What and, about, like, uh, like uh, Bewitched and uh, yeah, I Dream yeah. of Genie? Wasn't that kind of in the same time? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just think that this show was trying to, whereas American TV, by and large, was viewed as a product to sell things via commercials, this show was, like... One of the earliest examples I can think of of somebody taking a concept and making that story and that theme the concept instead of the show being the product, if that makes sense. Like, well, yeah, like it, it, the, it's it's done the show all the, is, it's done all the time now. Right, right. Like the the show is almost like the shell with which they're having this grand conversation about you know the identity of the self and a a lot of like deep psychological ideas um so i don't know i I think that that, that's the core of it you know what what are you made of kind of and what does that mean and what's it worth to hang on to you know not so family friendly it's more art exactly Mm mm-hmm yeah, Brian, what do you think about that that concept? I mean, do you think he was he was really an individual or I mean, do you think that uh did did you catch anything early that ended up happening in the in the finale or did you were you kind of surprised by all that at the end? Um <laughs> I mean, were you kind of expecting well, one of the twists or not? No, I didn't. Um that finale was was uh that was a crazy episode right there. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> right. Crazy is good I, word. I, I, have a, I have a quick question for you guys. Um, when throughout the episodes, did uh, any of the episodes run like one story run into the next episode, or was was it just kind of? Because I wasn't sure if because I had to seek other means to watch this show. Gotcha. Not really. And in, I kind of was confused because one episode would go to one <laughs> thing and go to right. another. And I wasn't sure if that's how the show went or it was just confusing. <laughs> it was just a confusing show. The only one that I saw that, that ran into the next one were those last two. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think for the most part they're pretty isolated. I yeah, okay. I, I mean it was so different. Too. It was more of a different different T V than we have now, you know? Yeah, it was I, Yeah. There was there was there was an episode where at the at the, the end of the episode uh, number two changed and it was a a, a woman. And then yep. I went into the next episode, and that wasn't the number two. And I was, right. a little, I didn't know so, what was going on for you're, yeah. you're not missing anything. Okay. You're, you're probably, that, that could be, you could be a victim of the fact that this show has three different, um, like, style uh, or uh, orders to the episodes. Okay. So, so there's the original airing, and then there's, like, there's another timeline by which you can watch it. Lance, you might know better than I would because I didn't look up what the other one was. Yeah, my, understanding, th- my understanding is that there was the original uh, British airing and then the American airing uh, moved some of the episodes around. And then oh. McGowan actually came out several years after that, from what I understand, and said, you know, actually, uh, this is the epi- this is the uh, order you should watch the episodes in. And, right. you know, like there were some way toward the end that were like second and third in his list. So, you know, I mean, it was just kind of um, regardless of what, what order you watch it. And I think as long as you watch your rival first, and I think as long as you watch, you know, the, the final two, 
uh, mm-hmm. in the order that they're in, Once Upon a Time and Fallout, then I, I think you're good. I think okay. you're pretty good as long as you... Because TV was a lot different back then. It wasn't like Breaking Bad, you know, where you literally have a cliffhanger and at the beginning of the next episode, you know, you, you've got the same guy holding the gun and what happens next, you know? Yeah, they're all pretty standalone with the same same concepts. Most of them end up with the same, like, they, they, they kind of reset themselves at the end. Right. And speaking like of which... Speaking Gilligan's of which, Island with James Bond. <laughs> yeah, kind of like uh, the original Star Trek series, you know? Where it's yeah. Very episodic, uh, but also very, you know, get, gets you to do some deep thinking. Um, why, do you, why do you guys think they kept changing number two? Um, I, I mean, so that kind of depends on what you feel is going on in the show, right? Because... It, it, I don't know how to talk about this without getting into spoilers, really. But like, if you believe that he's, they're trying to crack him, that like somebody's trying to crack him, right? That I think it's just you have to accept the fact that whoever is controlling number two, like they're just throwing absolutely everything they have at him, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's a good at, point. Yeah, so like at every moment, he's meant to feel disoriented and mm-hmm. confused, um, just to which, catch him off guard, to get to get any edge they can at any which moment. Definitely yeah, comes across. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're confused and 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 things like that. It's a very confusing show to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I always thought my my theory was that number two was like the ultimate tool, just absolutely disposable. Um, not you know. Obviously, their their life could end at any moment. Their job could end at any moment. You know, they're just there to be the tool, just the the device, and that's it. And I thought that that's kind of like how society's kind of set up with a lot of these people that are quote unquote in power. You know, and they think they're yeah. in power, and you know, <laughs> it all twists around at the end. Of course, in the final the episode, we keep skirting around, but we're, we say we're not going to talk about it till the end. But I don't know that yeah, that was kind of the I, way I saw it. Like it did, yeah, totally did. disposable. I did get that though, because there was always a sense of desperation to yeah, achieve absolutely. their goal. Sure. Yeah. I also yeah. like kind of like the upper management douchebag at your office that's always fucking nervous that he's going to lose his job tomorrow. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I even liked how it like it just seemed like a scare tactic to me, right? By whoever's in control, because sure. even when you try to start figuring out, okay they're going to change number two every episode. Then they throw in a curveball, and it's like, oh, one of the number twos is actually going to be there for a while. You know, so like, yeah, you're just always off balance. I, I always, I, the first time I watched it, it was weird, but the more times I watch this series, the more I kind of appreciate that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had actually never watched it before. Um, uh, and And I kind of loved it, and it still holds up. I kind of hope that they don't, make a remake of it this was pretty amazing and uh I'd, I'd love to go back and watch it again i mean it's it's got a whole lot of influence on uh on on things that have come out now austin powers i'm sure got sure. pulled a bunch of shit from this uh <laughs> but uh it's i mean it was it was kind of amazing it was really trippy um you, you never really know what's going on from one episode to the next, but they're all sort of standalone episodes, uh, and they all sort of play on the same theme. of. So he resigns from 
whatever sort of spy agency, and then he goes to this uh, spy retirement community, not by choice, because they put him there, and then he is a prisoner. Yeah, they uh, gassed, literally gassed him. Yeah, and uh, they show you that in every opening episode, which I thought was kind of cool. They just remind you of why he's here and what's happening. Yeah. Uh, and then, so every episode, he tries to find a way off the island, Gilligan's Island style, and uh, and somehow ends up reset back on the island at the end of it uh, until mm-hmm. the last couple of episodes where uh, where where they sort of finalize everything. Mm-hmm. So. Not to uh, not to go off on another tangent, but it seems to be what we're doing tonight. But so you were just talking about the influence of this show, right, on Austin Powers, and you know, obviously there are a lot of tropes I think that they use in the Prisoner that we've seen in a ton of shows since then. Absolutely. Yeah. The um, the reason that I found this show in the first place was actually because of the end of Lost. Because <laughs> right, I knew we were going to go there. It's, yeah, I was gonna let yeah. You bring that it's up, Jack. it's it's James Bond, Gilligan's Island, it, in a lost setting. That's so, that's the show. So the problem I had with Lost, and not that we need to rehash this again, but Lost was obsessed with this like overarching mystery and adding stuff sure. to the mystery and keep like prognosticating questions. Right, that's super top heavy, didn't it? Well, it just it never had an under a story underneath there for you to like learn anything about or or for like any of the characters to do anything, right? Like it was always, you know, uh, you ask a question in that show, and it just it, all it does is you get more and more questions with questions no of, answers, yeah. anything. Mystery for the sake of mystery. Where's where's right. the beef? Right. And and Phil, if you were just saying the prisoner, every episode opens reminding you of what happened and why he's there, right? And his main goal. So when you have a story about somebody who is has one central idea and goal and they represent something, you can have these other mysteries as long as the story isn't the mystery. The story is the prisoner getting out, escaping, right? An unnamed right. Secret agent from MI6 resigns. Somebody puts him on this in this village and he has to escape. And that's his one goal. So you can you can work with these mysteries, right? Like swap out the smoke monster for the rover, right? Like and then it's right. to look pretty similar. Um, but this show to me was just a much better use of like a sci fi concept such as, you know, keeping somebody uh, prisoner somewhere and then working within that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, that yeah, because I know that Lance, we didn't mention it at the beginning, but you you and I have been talking about this series and show for like a couple of years now, wanting to do this podcast. Oh, yeah. And um, it seems like a very random pull when, <laughs> when you think about it. It's like, how the fuck would anybody even find this thing right now? Right. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it's, it's on it's, YouTube, by the way. Yeah, there you go. But um, but yeah, it's it's a great it's it's great, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad we we have the opportunity to do this shit. So sorry, I didn't want to take attention, but you know. Oh no, dude. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense because, and it, I like I didn't it, it didn't even click as more of a spy thing to me mm-hmm. until towards the end of the series. Like at first, it was more of just a sci-fi thing. Mm. Like there's not really a whole lot of spy concepts. You know, until, you know, Judo Chop comes in and sure. he starts having to beat up bad guys. Uh, 
but yeah, man, check out uh, Ginger Cat on YouTube. Um, yeah. Whoever the hell that is has all the episodes. Go check it out. Uh, uh, it is totally worth watching. Um, I loved it, man. As as going back and I'm not a huge on like old 60s shit. Like some of it is okay, right? I get, but some of it doesn't really hold up. This one actually really holds up. It was really fun to watch. Like I really enjoyed it. I, I went back and watched it and I was like, man, this movie is, or this show is really kick ass. And I wanted to keep watching episodes and episodes. Um, I watched all 17 in uh, the period of like, you know, a week. So they sort that's, of ran together for that's me. That's pretty much but, marathoning it, man. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, but it was still, man, it was, it was definitely worth watching. And, and at some point in time, uh, I, and completely intend on going back and watching them again. You know, uh, my really good friend, Joe Beal, uh, I think he listens to a lot of our episodes. I know he's written in a couple of times, but he, he had a really interesting theory about it that I hadn't really thought about too much before. Uh, but he was talking about like, the 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 idea of security versus freedom that's become mm-hmm. so big lately especially post 911 and everything uh-huh. and his he was thinking well you know it's really obvious if you watch it that it kind of talks about how the technology kind of gives us freedom at first but then the bad guys get a hold of the same technology and then all of a sudden we're slaves until we're able to you know create a a, a more powerful technology mm-hmm. to keep us safe from that technology <laughs> That originally gave us freedom, and we become prisoners of that that model, like always having to build something bigger and better to stay ahead of the, you know, the bad guys. So, did you guys see any of that? Uh, any of that in here at all? Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, ah, that, that's a really interesting take. I like that. Yeah, um, I thought it was weird that, uh, uh, like, I mean, it's basically you know, retirement community for spies forced <laughs> and everybody else seems to be just fucking playing along like it's no big fucking deal that they're yeah. stuck on this island wasn't that fucking bizarre kind of like uh, a cure for wellness you guys remember yeah. that it, it, it just really like, reminded me of that like in the first couple of episodes so i guess if they did do a prisoner remake the actor that they could best pull off the part Oh, oh, <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I'm not gonna say it because I don't want Patrick coming back. Oh, no, man. but like everybody's just okay with this. Yeah, well, like, oh, this is yeah. my life now. Fuck it. <laughs> well, <laughs> see now, bought right into it. See now, I have I have a different take on that. See, I don't think oh, that. Okay. I don't think that the village is like a village for anybody but number six. Like, I think that the entire situation uh-huh. is controlled around him. I, I don't think that any of the other people he recognizes from his life or anything else about that stuff is uh-huh. valid. I think that everybody's putting on an act to get information out of him. To what end? I mean, that's up for debate. Man, but that's a, I never that's a saw it as. Yeah, like, Ooh. I never saw it as it's a village with a bunch of expatriates or whatever. Uh-huh. I just thought that. It was, it, and I, I. This has been like reinforced every time I watch. It. I've seen the series like four times now. Right. But I've always felt that it's a controlled situation to get info from him and only him. 
But wow, or <laughs> mind blown, man. Is it all in McGowan's head? Number six. <laughs> Maybe the whole shit didn't even happen. Maybe there's like an epilogue where, you know, he wakes up and finds his wife in the shower or something. It's just like, I had a bad dream. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, uh, we're not far off. We're, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get into spoilers, but uh, I, I think that, that's a, that that deserves a serious argument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll have enough. an ep- epilogue where he's in an insane asylum, huh? One flew over the cuckoo's nest or something, right? Something, yeah. He's not even a fucking spy. <laughs> You're just a homeless dude. <laughs> <laughs> like the end of a, hor- a Christmas horror story, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what do you what do you guys think about the importance of speaking of other villagers and stuff like that? You know, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of weird like multicolor rainbow colors and stuff like that. Uh, they. What the, what's the what's the deal with the with the straw hats and the capes and I mean what do you, what do you guys read into all the col- the way they use colors and costumes and things like that yeah. in the show? It almost seemed like they were uniforms. Yeah, like they they because everybody kind of seemed like they dressed the same, like they weren't individuals. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah. The, bat, um, the, go- the goons always wore the striped shirts, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the oh goons. yeah, like they Popeye. did. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I never gave a ton of thought into that, but I kind of always assumed that it was just you know the first step in trying to maybe psychologically break him, right? Okay. Um, would be to give him an ideal uh, life or an ideal living, right? And maybe one of the ways to do that is to try and immediately appeal to a sense of like, I don't know, a sense of society through color and to use that to set up his perspective of like right and wrong and maybe throw a lot at him at first to see if he um, gravitates towards something. If that meant like, you know, people wearing certain colors or, or whatever, and start the process of breaking his mind, you know, like I, I always kind of thought that that was maybe the be- behind the scenes reason for it. Um, not that it's at the forefront or anything, but just I, again, I kind of I've seen this series a couple of times. So the more I watch it, the more I'm trying to look at it from the perspective of this is basically like a giant science experiment. Right. Okay. And sure. They're tr- they're they're trying to break this guy. And if they're trying to break this guy then they're going to throw everything they have at him right now if they know that he is very mentally strong then they may have to result to unnatural tactics or things that other people wouldn't think of right so if they tend to study him and find a pattern regarding i don't know yellow let's say and it seems that he is nicer to women who are wearing yellow than he is to women who are wearing any other color, right? Ah, then maybe okay. one of the things that they want to do is throw a, a, a possible love interest at him that's wearing yellow, right? So that they can get a little bit more of an edge and affect his psyche a little bit more than the average person could. Um, other than that, and, and obviously the goons wearing the certain uniforms, I, I never saw much beyond that. Um, I do think it's interesting that he wears black most of the time because that so that 
I don't know if you guys know a ton about your like westerns history, but black the the good guy always used to wear black in westerns. Like if you look at High Noon, mm-hmm. uh, Magnificent Seven, like all the classic westerns, it, because in black and white you could always delineate the man in black, right? So he was always he was always the good guy. Um, it was always like Gary Cooper or any of the the old Hollywood stars that would play them. And then somewhere in the '60s, that all kind of shifted, right? Because then you started to see. Yul Brenner would re- well. This is way later, but like Yul re- Brenner reprises his role as the Man in Black in mm-hmm. Westworld, but now sure. he's the bad guy, right? Right, um, right. Ed Harris, Westworld show. You don't quite know who he is. I mean, it's it, things are kind of topsy turvy. So it's interesting that this show he wears black the whole time, and it's at a time where a lot of those genre films were sort of flipping that script. So that he's almost in the middle of these two kind of ideas of good and bad. I don't I don't know where, exactly where I'm going with this, but it seems notable for this time in film history. I just I, I don't know quite how. But, well, and then he right? usually has that little white trim around the black. I, I don't True. know if that uh, it may just be goofy 60s British style. But <laughs> Could be. Right. But, yeah, but take it a, a step the- further, though. Oh, sorry. Some of the no, some of the buttons. I, I just thought about this. Some of the uh, the other numbers, uh, their buttons were black, and some of them are white. Most of yeah. them oh, are that's white, good point. but every once in a while, you'd have someone with a black button. What the hell yeah. did that signify? Well, and and also just think about the whole situation. Like, what is the thing that they all tell each other as a greeting? Be seeing you, right? Right. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. Mm-hmm. Well, if a guy has been taken hostage and he's in a situation where they're trying to break him. If everybody around him is constantly telling him that he's being watched, what does that do to his mind? Mm. You know? So that I like it. This is the shit that I love rewatching the show for like all these little nuances and questions that maybe need answering and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot you can kind of chew on with this. Right. Yeah, because BCNU was huge in the show. I mean, from start to finish. I don't think there was yeah. one episode where they didn't say that. Right. But how creepy is that when you think about it? Right. BCNU. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah. you, what did you guys, speaking of BCNU and always watching you, what did you guys think about Rover? What did, what did, what did Rover represent? Was, that, was it just technology, like a piece of equipment, or did it have a life of its own? Is that the balloon? Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that was. It's <laughs> fucked up, man. <laughs> uh, they never really explained it. It's just like a big old bubblegum thing that Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I don't even know how how are you able to control it. Well, some, yeah. sometimes it, I I have no, I did notice that a couple of times it act, it definitely killed whoever it absorbed yeah. and then other times it just delivered them to a different place or knocked them out and then they woke up in their bed again, you know? And of course, you guys realize every every from the very beginning, they always said, uh, "Whatever you do, to, you can do whatever you want to number six, but do but cause no permanent damage." I thought that was kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Well, he was very important for some reason because they had to figure out why he yep. resigned. Yeah, well, that goes back to Jack's argument that the whole village was set up literally just for him. You know. Well, I mean, it makes sense because uh, I mean, apparently that question was so relevant that they they couldn't harm him or hurt him or kill him, well, even though that they were so quick to kill everybody else. I mean, I know we're going to talk about favorite episodes in a minute, so I'm not going to say which one's mine, but mine completely kind of validates that theory that I have. Um, yeah, about the situation being 
all about him. Like nobody else is on his side. He is onto an island of himself. I you think. Yeah. Many happy returns. I am actually. It's interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that the one where all the people uh, get on his side and then they change later? Um, that's the one where they wake. He wakes up and the water doesn't work and nobody's in the village. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. But we'll talk about that a little bit more. Okay. Cool. Sure. So, uh, Ready to get into spoilers? Sound like, sound like rovers and Enigma. Huh? <laughs> well, yeah, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's well, just it's... a big old white bubblegum balloon that <laughs> right, picks you up and takes you somewhere. All right, before before we talk about our favorite episodes and then get into spoilers, I, uh, Brian, I want to know where where do you think the village was really located? I have no fucking clue. Off the coast of Morocco. <laughs> well, they found it. Yeah, but did they? I, yes, and, they and, did. And let me let me go into my next question then, Philip. Do you think he ever really left the village at any point whatsoever? Yeah, I think he did. I think he you left did. it. Okay, I think he left it You're many times. Very and, literally, then. Uh, I well, it depends on 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 how you're talking about literally. Like, uh, I personally think the whole series happened in his mind, so maybe not. But uh, if it didn't. Then yeah, I think he went to Britain and everybody else was in on it. And wow. uh that's a big yeah. conspiracy, man. I know, big ass <laughs> conspiracy for a dumb ass question, but whatever. <laughs> Brian, why you did you have, Brian, why did you, you fucking resign? Else, you don't have anything else to say about it, Brian? About about the village and where yeah, it was like, located. Did, no. do, you, do you think he really left the village or do you think when he thought he was uh like back home again, do you think that was all a mixture of drugs and special effects or something. I, you know what, man, the more I watched the show, the more I got confused. So, but <laughs> listening to Phillips idea that this was all in his head, you know, that that's starting to feel more plausible. Yeah. But this is definitely a show that needs to be watched more than once. Yeah. Well, Jack, Jack, you've seen it several times. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he does leave the village uh, several times. I think that he – well, again, I mean I, I I believe that this show is a controlled action against him. Like whether that's an experiment or a test, uh, that's up for debate. But yeah, I think he absolutely leaves. I think that he – you know, the times that we see him outside the village are legitimate. Um, I don't – while the inside your head theory is is interesting, I think that it, it it sort of cuts out a lot of the meaning of the show for me, um, especially the ending. So I, I don't I don't love the theory, but I can see where where you're coming from with it. You know, yeah. Because um, I think it, it, there are definitely there are definitely details that are left there to guide you towards that. You know. Well, yeah. Um, and it's mostly the ending, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I yeah, that, 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 there's a lot to say. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, as for where the village is located, I mean, it seems that they narrow it down to you know exactly where they're going. But he has a co-pilot that could be controlling the plane. <laughs> well, so. I guess I'm not so. sure. A co-pilot who said, "Be seeing you, huh?" Yeah, and I'm I'm not <laughs> sure that you know 
they necessarily go exactly where he's thinking they go. I'm not sure that he's a pilot. You know, he's a spy. But is he a pilot? Does he have a sense of direction, orientation? Um, we don't really get that answer, so it's it's tough to say for sure. But Yeah, well, you know what? The fact that all four of us each has a different idea about where it is and what the show's really all about, I think that speaks volumes for you know the the depth and and the intelligence of this show right but i will point something out though we all have these different opinions Mm -hmm. and none of them are wrong right the nice thing is that the story doesn't need them to be right to be a good story yes that is the problem with lost and that's why that show in my opinion failed so horribly yes because the story was predicated on mysteries that needed to be solved to finish the story. Right. It's not the case here. You know, these are mysteries that exist in addition to the story. And they serve a greater purpose of what the themes are of this show. They're not – the show doesn't break because that theory means something different to a different person. So I think and that's a the- really important distinction to make with this and, and you know, some other shows. And in this show, they're more abstract. Like it's 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 you can have your own theory on what's happening, but right. I mean, there's there's always an underlying message to right. to to what's happening in the show. Right, right. All right, uh, you guys ready to reveal your favorite episode? I think Jack, you already gave us a clue, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I love many happy returns. Um, I I love a lot of the episodes, but I think this one. If, if I were to present this show to somebody without any context, I think this one stands on its own pretty well. Um, it, first of all, it does something that I love in movies. And for the first, I want to say 21, maybe 22 minutes, uh, there's not a single word spoken. It's all visual storytelling. Ah, and it's okay. phen- phenomenal stuff. Kind of um, like Wally a little bit. Like Wally, like two thousand one, like there will be blood. You know, um, a lot of a lot of my favorite kind of movies. Um, mm-hmm. I I really love that when I see it. Um, and I think the first words that are spoken are of the the two fishermen who uh, take number six on their boat. Um, right. So he he doesn't even speak for even longer after he gets on land and he comes across that sort of traveler with his uh, family, I guess. Um, and then, you know, the first person that he says anything to doesn't speak English. They seem to be speaking some form of like French gibberish. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So like, I really, there's something interesting about that episode because it's, it's all about restricted communication, right? Like he, mm-hmm. you know, he, he wakes up in the village and nobody's there. He has nobody he can talk to, nobody to interact with. He goes to the bell tower, rings the bell, nobody responds. So, like, all of his attempts to communicate with someone fall on deaf ears. Like, nobody's around. So then sure. he decides to leave. Um, you know, he finds a black cat. The black cat, obviously, he can't talk to a cat, but the cat does seem to be watching him. And, you know, he's as he's sort of building his uh, raft, um, he just sort of, you know, he looks at the cat a couple of times and they, they make a point of sort of keeping the cat in shot in, in a little bit of that scene. Um, you know, get, gets back to London, gets to his flat, 
someone else is living in his flat. He asks to talk to the, you know, what is the mister who lives there? It's a mistress. He starts talking to the mistress. She doesn't understand what he's talking about. He can't seem to describe the fact that he used to live there properly. Um, she mentions something about liking men with beards. He doesn't have a beard. She'd like to see him with a beard. Like there's just, there's a lot of weird communication. Right. And then when he finally gets to his superiors, it takes a long time before he can convince them of the village, right? He can't, it's just all about like repressed communication. He can't get the idea across no matter what he does, right? And, you know, finally when things come into focus and he's in the plane with his co-pilot and everything, he has this like clarity of vision and clarity of communication and everything kind of lines up. And finally, somebody else is going to believe him 100% that that's the village and the fucking co-pilot launches him from the plane and he's back in the village. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, I just love the shot when he gets back home and he looks in his, in his bathroom and the shower head starts going. Right. So like yeah. it's, it's this clear fuck you from whoever is in charge to him. Like you're not in control of this situation. I am right. And that's the whole point of that episode. It, it just, it, that episode always resonates with me. I love that episode. Yeah, that's a pretty deep one, man. And you're right; that would be a good starter episode, you know, for someone who's never seen the show before. Right. Um, though, though, I'm, I'm going to go in a totally different direction. The, I'm, I'm going to get really non-serious, kind of almost silly a little bit. The one, the one that I really enjoyed was the girl who was deaf. Ah, oh, nice. Because you took that, mine. <laughs> oh man, that would just start it out not knowing why in the fuck is he not even waking up in the village. He just starts out in. You know, in London, it's like, what yeah. the hell is going on here? And then, you know, when he like he's he's everywhere that he goes, she's trying to kill him and he has to escape all of these Rube Goldberg type uh, uh, death devices. Uh, oh, yeah. You talk about some Austin Powers influence. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> I mean, and then with the, the with a frilly coaster. shirt and everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the silly the silly guy playing cricket with the big with the big uh must turn of the century mustache and everything, oh, yeah. and <laughs> it was just, what in the fuck is going on here? This is a totally different show. It's not starting the same way. He's not in the village, and then at the end, he's you know grabs the storybook, closes it, and says, "Okay, kids, we'll do another story tomorrow night." And I'm like, yeah. "Okay, okay, I get it." That's yeah. kind of that waking up in the shower Dallas type thing you you, you guys were referring to earlier, but uh, right. <laughs> no, it was just a fun fun episode. I really enjoyed that one. Hmm. Uh, Philip, you have a second choice. Yeah, well, I mean that that was really mine. Uh, aside from that, I mean, I think the first episode was was really good. Uh, the arrival, just to yeah. to set you to set you up for the series. Um, but yeah, that that was going to be my choice. Uh, the girl I called Death because it was. Uh, I, I I felt like it, it had a lot of that '60s spy nostalgia stuff in it. I mean, because even though it's uh, it's a spy show. It's not really a spy show, but in this episode, it was a spy show, and uh, he kicked some ass. Right. They had some special effects, some you know, pop and smoke, and uh, it, it was just really fun. It caught my attention. Um, my kids were running through the room, and 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 they they both stopped what they were doing and stared at the yeah. TV while this one was on. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was great, man. I I really enjoyed it. That was my favorite episode by far. Oh, and did I forget to tell you? If you blow out the candles, they'll explode. <laughs> <laughs> right. By the way. Yeah. 
I, I loved that. I loved, I loved the ending to it. I loved everything about it. Yeah. Other than that, you'd say Arrival, huh? Uh, yeah, I think so. Just to, just to set it up for uh, for everything that's happening. Um, kind of a uh, WTF because, moment for him. Yeah, man. Those 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 first two or three episodes really pulled me in and, and never let me go. Um, I, I like the episodes where it showed you how far they was going to go to get this information. Like, I like yeah. um, A, B, and C. Yeah, the, I was basically the inception <laughs> episode. <laughs> I really love that too, where they went into his dreams and everything. Oh yeah. yeah. And another one I liked was uh the schizoid man when yeah. he had the double to, yeah. to they they had him thinking he wasn't himself until mm-hmm. he seen that picture where he had the little bruise under under his fingernail. Right. Yeah. Because up until oh, that point right. he wasn't sure who he if maybe he wasn't who he said he was. And that of was course, a good um, one. Uh, Big Ben, I think, was another one. Uh, yep. The Chimes of Big Ben. Yep. That whole journey through the water and through the crate and in the, what was he, in the fake uh, fake office they had set up? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so fucked up. So yeah, fucked I'm up. Like, <laughs> it, just, it just shows you how far that, and I was going to say something to your uh, theory, Jack, about uh, everybody was in on it. That I, I, I didn't want to spoil it earlier, but um, did you guys notice the sign that was on the wall that said um, a still tongue makes a happy life? Was that oh. so nobody because I noticed no one ever talked to him, really? Oh, wow. Brian, yeah. you, you just blew this whole thing out of the water, man. No, go. I yeah. didn't notice that. Yeah, it was, uh, there, you know, they had signs on the wall and that was one of them. And that, that now hearing what you were saying about it, that made me think. Mm-hmm. Nobody was that for the people there not to talk to him, not to give anything away, just to go about things, you know, like they're like him, like they're staying there. And it, um, that was a thing that kind of makes me think maybe everybody was in on it, mm. except for there was a the episode with the girl that threw herself out the window. Oh, hammer into anvil. Yeah. With yeah. a real sadistic number two, right? Right, yeah. the real evil guy. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I really like the episodes where it just shows you how far they're going to go to get this information from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they and they were that that desperation was always there. They were always willing to try something different, anything different, anything new, as long as they didn't permanently damage him, right? Mm-hmm. Or that sign was something he put there in his head so that he didn't <laughs> give up the information. <laughs> Just well, well, you know, it's it's funny because. OK, so there's a um, I'm trying to think of how to word this. OK, so the first like section of episodes, right? If right. you look through, let me just get this right. I want to make sure. OK, so the first run of episodes, uh, well, according to my listing, <laughs> are Arrival, Chimes of Big Ben, A, B and C, Free for All, Schizoid Man and the General. Right. Then there's many happy returns. Now, I think that there's an argument to be made that the first six episodes represent like the first action of the controlling people or body to get information out of number six. Like to me, those episodes all represent different versions of we have to crack this guy. We have Mm -hmm. to get this information Mm -hmm. out of him. Right. Sure. Episode seven is almost like an odd sort of many happy returns. It's like an odd sort of reset, right? Like they've gone through all this bullshit. 
he's persevered. And at a certain point, he must just be, uh, you know what? I'm not giving this information up no matter what they do to me. So they reset by giving him this this totally different situation, right? And they teach – like if every episode has a lesson, then what I was talking about before, episode seven, is probably them reinforcing the idea that you are only going to be able to communicate when we say you are, right? So if that's the concept – then the first six episodes of trying to break him represent one section. Episode seven starts this new like era of the story where they say, you know what? We have to change the conflict in order to beat this guy. Like he's not going to respond to adversity the way that we want him to. He's stronger than we anticipated. Not what we expected. Yeah, so we need to start shifting the battle lines into something more sinister. And to me, episode seven, the darkest thing about that episode is the fact that at the end of it, like I said, when he walks into his house and the coffee pot's going off and the shower start, when the water starts going, if that's not the biggest fuck you, I own you bitch move in the show, I don't know what is, you know? Good point, man. And then, and then you get to the like the last five or six episodes, and they, uh, boy, they take a left hand turn and just keep <laughs> on going. Like that shit gets all kinds of crazy. There's a western episode yeah. that uh, makes no li- sense. Living, living in harmony. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> now, are are you guys? Uh, I have to assume. Well, I don't want to assume anything. Are you guys Iron Maiden fans at all? Yeah, absolutely. That was one of my favorite bands growing up. All right. So I assume you're aware of the album The Number of the Beast? Yes, sure. sir. The Prisoner right. is going to uh, is going to show up in this episode at the very end. Stay tuned. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> All right, cool. You guys ready to to uh talk about this crazy finale? For sure. All right. Spoiler alert. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. This is a motherfucking spoiler alert. You've been fucking warned. Them bones, them bones. <laughs> All right, so just, just a couple of little pieces of trivia. Uh, I pulled more out, but let's just let's just move forward. So a couple of things. The series uh, en- enigmatic finale was so controversial. That according to legend, McGowan had to go into hiding for a time. And, Not uh, legend. I saw an interview. He yeah, did that. You know what? And my my friend Joe told me that that was a fact too. So, I mean this this dude's this dude's probably seen the prisoner a dozen times. So, mega fan. And I'm sure a lot of people that are going to find this podcast and and listen to it could probably attest to that as well. So, that's crazy, huh? Different mm-hmm. time back then, huh? Oh yeah. Um, the final episode of Jack, you're going to love this one, man. The final episode received a Hugo Award nomination, not mm. a win, but nomination for Best Dramatic Presentation in 1969. But it lost out to, I guess it could live with this, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What the fuck is going on with this episode, guys? <laughs> Got yeah, me, <laughs> Brian. <All right>. Brian? <laughs> uh, th- this shit was fucking crazy. I did not see everybody banding together at the end. 
And what was with the little dude? Why why did he switch sides so so easily? Mini me, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Jeff? So so I do have a theory, and it's a it's a fairly popular theory. I mean, it, I don't think it's anything out of left field, really. But you know, there's a lot in this episode, and part of Part of the episode, I don't know if you guys know too much of the history of it, but the script was finished about 48 hours before they went to shoot. Um, If I remember correctly, McGuhan worked with a certain writer on this who had stepped away from the show at this point. So he was sort of left to to end this thing. And, you know, there was some question over how many episodes they were going to get. And I think this was filmed like months after the previous episode, which originally... I think the final, let me think here, 12. So I think it was supposed to be 12 episodes in the first series. And then Mm -hmm. the second series was supposed to be 13 to wherever they ended up. Um, Happened to be, what, 17, 19, whatever it is. Um, But so there's there's definitely like this episode does feel quite a bit different than the others for a lot of those reasons. Um, Now, when you talk about the all in his head theory, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I think that this episode, some of it is in his head. I, I do think that. I, obviously, it has to be, right? Like, there's no fucking way that... Right. It's when, crazy. Yeah. But I think that this is where the the, the, the... the themes of the series start to come into focus the more that you watch this episode. Because it seems like... The, the idea of the show is nonconformity, right? Like sure. you, you shouldn't believe in what anybody tells you. You should believe in yourself, right? Yeah, it, rugged individualism. Right. I think there's a quote somewhere where it's like, build your own kingdom. Don't worship others. Right. Mm-hmm. So if that is what they're trying to get across, I think that metaphorically number and we're, we're in spoiler alert, right? Are we there yet? No, we're in yeah. spoiler mode. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when, when number six takes the mask off and it reveals himself as number one, yeah. a, gi- I think a, gib- a gibbering idiot version of himself. Right. With I, a I monkey think, face. Right. <laughs> but I think what he, he's saying a few different things. I think the first thing that he's saying is the, like a complacency is bad. Right. And mm-hmm. if you are somebody who just wants to follow all the rules and live life the way everybody tells you to, you can ascend to the top, but the top isn't all that it's cracked up to be, right? So if you get there, and if that's your goal, that's fine. But there may be more to life than just being at the top of the molehill, right? Oh, um, I like it. I think that it's also it also has a lot rooted in his own journey, right? Like his journey was to not crack. And wouldn't it make sense that the only person who deals with him is himself like he's the only person who has ever bested the village right if the village is a test of him and number one is the person who bested the village then it has to be him it's always him right yeah like nothing else would make any sense right in a weird way yeah it's that whole shining thing like you're the caretaker you've always been the caretaker right like oh wow his whole character is he's an island unto himself. And I think that the ending is just a big metaphor for where he has come from and where he's going. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I actually, I think that the comparison with 2001, they're both ironically being up for a Hugo Award, is very valid. Like, that's what that story is about. Like, what is man? Where can man go? And how how did they get there? And, and how can they get to the next plane of existence? Or, or like, more so, like, what does all that mean, right? I think that this finale encapsulates a lot of those ideas. And it's a swerve because they don't really – they don't tell you for sure, yes, this is a dream or this is in his head or any of that stuff. It's it's left open for interpretation like the rest of the show is. But I think the fact that – was it? 67, right? So what are we – we're 50 years on? Mm-hmm. We're still talking about this. I think that validates what McGuhan was trying to do with these stories in a big way. Um, so I, I think I think that's where it's coming from. Yeah, but I don't we, know. We we may not be talking about loss like this thirty eight years from now, right? Dude, we aren't talking about loss like this now. <laughs> Fuck that show. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let me, let me ask you guys this: when when he got up to the podium and they they everyone said, "Okay," uh, the judge told him, "Hey, you're the you're the man. You've bested everything. You know, you're our master now. Get up there and speak." And then he opened his mouth. And he said, I, and then everybody back there in the, uh, in, in the jury or whatever it was behind him, I don't know what that was all about, but they all started going, I, 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 I. Do you think that has yeah. something to do with the fact that once you make it to that point, and like these celebrities today, they're drowned out by their fans and social media, and they become something that they aren't really or that they didn't mean to be or express. Did you guys get any of that out of that? I can see that. Wow. Just yeah. kind of interesting. It's like he wasn't even really allowed to speak for himself because as soon as he would say something, people started aping him. Everything that he was saying, you know, yeah, like, right. you know, wouldn't he, even let him finish his sentence. Everybody, everybody wanted like a piece of it, you know. And even though he kept going with his thought, you couldn't hear what the hell it was that he said. All you exactly. could hear was the I I I in the background. That's 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 really cool. I I think this whole episode is a metaphor. Totally drowned out. And then it's as true now as it was then. You know, it, it's kind of weird. It's almost like, eh, maybe it wasn't, though. But I, I'm just thinking, is is it possible that everything that, that Magoon was saying 50 years ago in this show is even more relevant now than it was then? Is that possible? I, I, mean, I tend to think so. Yeah. I, I, I think that whole number one being himself uh it was it was just saying i mean even though i'm like ah well maybe this whole thing was all in his mind because the whole fucking show doesn't really make a ton of sense but uh uh i i think in general he was saying that your own worst enemy is you and uh even though you you best everybody else the final boss is you you got to beat you mm-hmm. to become something greater Man, <laughs> deep thoughts. I know, right? That I'll was you, that, that was a, a, a one of the few serious moments for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, though, you gotta you gotta love uh, Leo McKern, huh? The n- number two, he was. He, I think he was number two more than anyone else, wasn't he? Throughout the series. Yes. Yeah, because he yeah. was there a couple times before the last couple episodes. I mean, what a great British Shakespearean type actor, you know? I mean, mm. who who could have been better in the role than this guy? Yeah, yeah. Just, 
a lot of uh, a lot of solid performances in this series. Um, you know, just uh, pretty much everybody who played number two, they all played it in a different way. Obviously, in their own form. way. Sure, sure. Yeah, I love but, that about it. Yeah, they all kind of stand out as having their own, you know, perspective and style. Um, and obviously, you know, they, not that we need to say, but Magoohan is fucking awesome. He's absolutely mm-hmm. perfect for this. And I think part of that oh, is, yeah. you know, he's the driving creative force behind it. So he's mm-hmm. got a vested interest in everything. Mm-hmm. So what about like the very, very end where um, they get out? There, uh, the 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 few people who 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 escaped the place, and then they're back in England, and I, like, what, what is, <laughs> does that mean anything? Uh, like, you what the fuck is that? When he's running hand in hand with the little guy, yeah, in the streets, yeah. The which butler, is when they're running away, creepy, and then, uh, weird looking. <laughs> number four, number forty eight, number two, and they're all like yeah. buddies. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes like a heist type thing there at the yeah, end. Yeah, it was weird. I was like, okay, well, I, that's not – I mean, I know that we need some sort of happy ending, which may be why they put that into the <laughs> into the show, but uh, – Yeah, I, I was confused because especially they got the scene where he's talking to the cop. Right. Mm-hmm. And, that, and it looks like he's explaining everything that just happened. Right. And then they, well, and they just run the off. He likes, keeps squatting down and moving his arms all around. <laughs> what the hell is he? Jack, help us out here, man. Yeah, I mean, I can't really speak towards that. But, you know, when uh, when when Six drives away and the butler goes into his house um, and the door opens the exact same way the doors in the village open. Right. That's right. I didn't catch that the first time. I, I, re- I watched this episode twice. Yeah, so and, I, I think, mean I saw it way back when, but this time I watched it twice, and I really only caught the door on the second viewing. Yeah, yeah. So and and we have to remember too that this was during, you know, this was right at the beginning. Or I'm sorry, was it the beginning? No, let me think here. In the uh, Cold War era, you know, sure. so, yeah, height of the Cold War, right? Right, right. So there's there's something to be said for this whole show getting all the way to the end and the metaphor of, you know, confidence in the self. And, you know, I, I think that there are probably some ideas behind not selling secrets and, and, and things of that nature. Right. And if the village is meant to be, uh, let's say a, a psychological prison, I think it's an interesting move to remind the viewers that despite them being back in London, that there may still be things to think about, the way that he thought about them in the village, even though he's at home. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not the first time he's been back in London. Exactly. Exactly. True. Um, so it, it, it's interesting. I mean, you know, there are some conflicting things you got to remember. Obviously it's the sixties. So, you know, there are some things in here that are a little fucked up just because like in the sixties, right. you know, uh, the style of filmmaking or acting was a little bit different. It's, it's like that fucking, uh, what is it? East East Atlantean accent that they had, or, or East Atlantic Atlantic? If it's, what the fuck is it? It's the yeah. way that everybody talked in old Hollywood movies with that, like. Uh, oh yeah, sure, sure. You know that Catherine Hepburn, Gary Cooper, like ah, oh, Mrs. Mrs. Hepburn, you must get out of here. Like yeah, yeah. see, see, you see. Right, like nobody ever talked, like, right. except for Edward G. Robinson. Nobody actually talked right. like that, but it was just like a convention of the time. There, <laughs> obviously, the prisoner's going to have some of that stuff that feels. A little dated. I a think little that, dated now? Sure. Yeah, I think that maybe like trying to infuse a little bit of the happy ending, let's all go our separate ways thing, maybe that, but 
you know, it could also be them saying, look, the village was set up where, you know, number two is here and number six is here and he goes about his day to day and does his thing. Well, you know, we're going to drop off number two. At, what, where do they end? Um, uh, number two, he goes into like Westminster Palace, right? Mm-hmm. And okay, well, is that much different than the pod that he lived in in the village? Like, it, you know, like is there some is there some geographical similarity that's supposed to induce a certain thought process in number six? Now, you know, have mm-hmm. they did they finally fucking win just by bringing him back? I don't know. There's there's a lot of interesting stuff there. It's it's worth considering. Why Good why point. do you, why do you think why do you think toward the end when uh forty eight and two were in those and and then um obviously there was that one that wasn't marked but they all said orbit on them and then of course there was the rocket ship at the end there I mm. mean was this what the fuck did all that mean was this like a Doctor Strangelove type thing with a with a bomb or was this more like a a two thousand one thing with shoot them into space outer space yeah what 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 was up with that. It was very drug-induced more than anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was a lot of shit going on in the late 60s, right? Yeah. (laughs) It was on the cusp of the decade under the influence, right, Jack? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's probably more meaning there. I just i have never really dove into that. I've always chalked that stuff up as being of the time. Sure. Um, Yeah, I, I never really thought about it that much, to be honest with you. I was always more interested in, I guess, the journey of self in the show and kind of focusing on the aspects of the show and the story that that deal directly with with number six and and where he ends up as a person. Um, So I I I think I lost track somewhere along the way. There was an episode where he uh, runs for office and, and, and gains the number two spot. Yeah. Free for all. Right. Right. What happened? Did he lose it? Because the next episode, he wasn't number two anymore. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> good question. <laughs> okay. I hadn't even thought I, about that. I was just making sure. I was like, okay, because I thought he was number two, and now he's number six again. Right. <laughs> I mean, I know everything usually resets, but maybe I missed that part. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, I don't I think know. The, yeah, I think the idea there is is trying to... Uh, you know, trying to give the guy, trying to do more than dangle the carrot, right? Like, let's give him the carrot and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Just another ploy, another trick. Right, right. Uh, it, it's 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 all a very metaphorical series, I think. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there may not be... I, I mean, obviously, there's not one official meaning, uh, which is part of the reason that we're still talking about the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of cool about it. Yeah. Yeah. Time, timeless series for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely holds up. I, I'd urge anybody listening to this um, who obviously doesn't care about spoilers because they're still listening, but um, it, it's worth your time to seek this thing out. It's, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. Time isn't really doing it any favors. It seems like it doesn't. There's a certain cult following, but it, it's it's not like people are clamoring to see this thing anymore. Um, I think that's a mistake. I think that this is one of the more interesting pieces of science fiction you can come across. Um, yeah, probably because it, it's not exclusively science fiction, too. I mean, it's it incorporates a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. 
but it's really it, it really does hold up. I'm always surprised because I, I always expect it to not be as good the next time, you know, or, or to be redundant. Yeah, a little but, little bit more dated, a little bit more sixties. Yeah, but it it's interesting how the show it just it really swings through the fences every episode. There's just so many different things that it tries that uh, if you give it enough time, you kind of forget about a lot of the things. You know, like I'd forgotten about the Schizoid Man episode. I know that one's very memorable, mm-hmm. but I like watching it this time. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. He has a double. Like that was a good it, one. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it's. It's a great show. I, I really love this show. It still is, is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, I, I wasn't even excited about it watching it. I mean, I didn't, you know, uh, uh, like I said, I was a big Iron Maiden fan growing up, so I had heard the quotes and all that stuff. I had no idea what it was from. Not a clue. Um, I didn't really know this show was on the fucking map until uh, we decided to start talking about it, and we were going to... We were going to do the show uh, a long time ago and uh, and never got around to it. And I was like, man, 17 episodes and they're an hour apiece. God, that's going to be an undertaking from the 60s. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't really from stoked about it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sure. and then at like two or three episodes in, I was like, wow, this is this is kind of awesome. <laughs> I'm really impressed. <laughs> with Def- it. Definitely wasn't as hard to make it through as Death Note, right? Exactly, because oh that was okay. Death Note was all, that was a hard show to make it through for the for the show. You know what I mean? And uh, because it was a lot of episodes, and this one. <laughs> but they were and, short, man. Oh, I know they were short, but it was a ton of episodes. Where and are they? I kept, I kept they comparing really? it in my. <laughs> I know, right? I kept comparing it in my mind to this one. I was like, Nah, these are like a fucking hour apiece, dude. Seventeen episodes. That's a lot of hours. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, two or three episodes into it, this is this is an amazing show. Go check it out. If you've never seen it, you owe it to yourself to watch it. It is a must-see. Awesome. I think we're all in agreement. All right, so if you made it this far into the show, keep go, go ahead and watch The Prisoner now, now that we've given all this. But you know what? Even with the spoilers, you could go watch the series now, even listening to all this, and yeah. get something totally different than what, any of us got from it so very easily that's that's the whole point of the show yeah we talked about less than 10 percent of this show i mean there's so much here Mm -hmm. all right well as always we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of the horror returns we'd love to hear your feedback and ideas you can always reach us at the horror returns at gmail.com and uh follow us where brian uh twitter facebook instagram Tumblr, uh, join our Facebook group. We enjoy all the feedback from everybody. All right, look for us on iTunes. And uh, Jack, once again, we want to really thank you for showing up, man. So uh, put your plug in now, dude. Where where else can we, where can we hear you more? Oh, um, well, binge media. You know, um, like I said, we've got uh, TV commentaries are coming back, and actually, for those of you who stuck it out to the end here. I will drop a little spoiler. Uh, end of February, we will be covering Ash versus Evil Dead season three. So, there we nice. go. Oh, there we go. When does that come out? February. It's, it's like the last week of February where it starts. Fucking hell! So, I love that show. Right around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So we'll be ramping that up. Uh, I just appeared on the sportscast this past week, and uh, yeah, you know, we'll uh, we'll we'll see where we end up, but uh, yeah. Over there on Binge Media. 
Awesome. Yeah, sorry, sorry about your boys, man. Ah, oh, we were going to get through a whole show without talking I know. about that, man. <laughs> but I fucking hate the Eagles, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, that was look, that was one of those games whoever had the ball last was winning it. It just right. for some reason there was no fucking defense. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it until is what you it is. The, the commentators talk about it and act like the Patriots got outplayed, which they did not. Ah, you know, they they, they made one play good on them. Eagles won. Congratulations right. all that shit, but you know, they, they made the good D play. Well, I'm going to be a fucking asshole Patriots fan right now and just say the nice thing about being a Patriots fan is uh the floor is the AFC championship game every year. So uh, I fully expect us to be back. And uh, I don't think the Eagles will be. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Maybe the, Cow- maybe the Cowboys. Here first. We'll come back. I'm going to make an NFC sweep. <laughs> NFC East sweep of the, of the Patriots. <laughs> i like to see it, man. I like Dak. Definitely like Dak. All right. Well, since, uh, since Brian is our program director here, who always chooses what we watch... Uh, guess that means next week it's fucking superhero week again. Oh, Jesus Christ. I can't believe <laughs> it's going to be so terrible. So <laughs> we're going to cover the brand new Marvel movie, Black Panther. Yeah. As well as, is it uh, 1998's Blade, Brian? Yes. Yes, sir. Oh, cool. All, All right. right. Cool. That one nice. I love. So we'll see how that goes. So uh, until the horror returns again, Jack. Good night. Good night.